Matthew chapter 6, if you have your Bibles. Uh, I want to start this sermon with a little disclaimer just because of the way I feel. Uh, before the fast, my wife and I did a diet, and I've, I've actually, at the end of this, at this morning, this evening when I got on the scale, I lost 18 pounds. But I do feel like I've been fasting for seven days. I've done that, I've done that before, and I have that feeling. When I was, uh, 19, uh, 19, 20 years old, I just started dating my wife, and uh, I was preaching children's church, and they had had a three-day fast, and it was the Sunday after, and I was young and dumb and didn't eat like I should have, and I actually passed out while I was preaching. So if I do it again, it's not the first time, so just so you know, and so, uh, but we should be fine. Uh, but uh, anyway, Matthew chapter 6, Yahoo News reported back in 2017 of Arthur Weiner Sr. He was uh, from Steel City, Pennsylvania, and he passed away in the month of June. He had fought cancer and passed away, and he requested that he could be laid to rest in his 1990 Harley-Davidson sidecar as a casket. The funeral home that the family had chosen was run by a group of motorcycle enthusiasts, so they were honored to comply with this request. The sidecar would not even require any modifications. For the arrangement, they said. Wiener's family said that uh, he bought the bike with his retirement bonus of 42 years as a steelworker. His daughter-in-law noted right after his passing, he lived for the bike. He lived for the bike. Some bikers would tell me, I don't understand. That's what you would do. But the reality that struck me with that statement is, what are you living for? Or literally, he wants to take it with him. That's his treasure. His treasure was his Harley Davidson. And yet, he couldn't take it with him. He tried, he'd get buried in the sidecar, but that's still not going to be enough he's going to stand before etern- in eternity and that's not going to have any value the text we're going to read Jesus is speaking on the sermon on the mount he's preaching there he's got a multitude he's talked about all sorts of issues uh, in uh, the sermon of the mount he's brought out uh, all the issues and much of the sermon of the mount has to deal with the heart and in our text is no different Because Jesus is taking religion, if you will, out of the what you do into what goes on in here. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 22. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rust destroys them. And where thieves break in and steal. Store up, uh, store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there is the desires of your heart will be 
will also be. Let's talk about what are your treasures. Now, treasures are a funny thing because when we talk about treasures, a lot of people instantly think about money. But there's people that you could treasure. There's sometimes attitudes or uh, things that you really like to do, uh, vacations, hobbies. In this case, it was motorcycles. There's some people, their treasure is their cause. They're given over to it, whether it's some kind of, uh, uh, you know, do-gooder cause or something like that, that that becomes their treasure. We use the word treasure or dear or valuable as they do in every country. I remember I had just moved to Lithuania in May and we had started studying the language and I got to the post office and I don't know why they did this, but the post office tiled or the the building owner anyway, from where the post office was situated, had tiled the outside steps with kind of like the same one by one tiles that we would use like in a bathroom. And how many know when they get wet, they get slippery? In Lithuania, it snows a lot. And I got to the post office, and there was a woman there. And she, she, uh, she an older woman, and uh, she's, she's scared. She's scared to death she's going to fall. And so I go over, and I take her. I have her put her arm through mine. I'm going to walk her through so she doesn't fall. And she keeps using this word, brangale. Oh, Brangeli, Brangeli, Brangeli. And I'm like, I know that Brangus means expensive. That's the way I know this word. It's either Brangus or it's uh, cheap, which... uh, Pirgu. Oh, gosh, I'm losing it. But in that, she's Brangeli. And I'm like, why is she calling me expensive? But she wasn't. The word also translates as precious. Or we would use it as dear. Some people would say, it's my bank account or my things. It's what you would rescue in a fire in your house. Some people, that would be your photo albums, others it might be your television, I don't know, whatever it might be. Whatever's precious to you, your computer, your phone, whatever. Treasures are what you do, what you talk about, what what brings you value, what brings value. It's not always bad. Isaiah 33, 6 says, in that day, He will be your sure foundation, providing the rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord will be your treasure. Most times we think of stuff, though, when we're talking about treasure. And that's kind of what Jesus is talking about here. What what are you going to do with your stuff? We've got lots of stuff. We're Americans. We got lots and lots of stuff. You want to know how much stuff you have? Move. It's going to be more than you think. When we moved here, my, we got a 24-foot truck, and we looked at it in the beginning. We're like, oh, this won't. And then at the end, I'm giving away a dryer because we can't fit it in there. 
You know, it's, it's full of things. One New Hampshire driver actually took the liberty to use the top of the truck as well as filling the van, stacking up in a most incredible pile of personal belongings. On top of the car, he held large pieces of furniture, a shovel, a bike, and even a flat-screen television. The stack almost doubled the height of the van. The perilous-looking creation, though, was undeniably impressive, according to this article, but not at state troopers' amusement. He actually got pulled over and ticketed for the potential of causing an accident. Stuff, twice as much. I'm sure when he rented the van, he went, ah, we can get it all in here. And then all of a sudden, things aren't fitting because we collect stuff. It's not necessarily all bad, like I said. Abraham, Abram, Genesis 13, 2. Abraham was rich in livestock and in silver and in gold. It's not always bad. God doesn't want you to have no stuff. It's not like you get saved and you have to take a vow of poverty. Actually, God wants to bless and prosper you. But then the question is, do you own your stuff? Or does your stuff own you? That's what Jesus is getting at. 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8. Yet true godliness with contentment is great wealth. After all, we brought nothing into this world when we came into this world, and we will take, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have food and clothing, let's be content. Exodus, uh, I'm sorry, Ecclesiastics 5 and verse 15. As he came from his mother's womb naked, shall he return to go as he came. He shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. Here's a man with this motorcycle. He wants to take it with him, but the problem is he really can't. He can be buried with it, but it's of no use. But that revealed where his heart is. Because your heart will reveal your treasure. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else. It determines the course of your life. I was thinking back when I was putting this sermon together on just some high school friends, what they were into. I had one friend, his name was Steve, Steve Evans. He, he was into cars. I mean, cars. He, he had GTOs and, and, and fastbacks and Camaros and, and he was just into cars. He and his brother would buy these cars, fix them up, drive them, crazy speeds. Uh, I, for some reason, went to school with him. I don't know. Teenagers don't have brains, I guess. And we would fly down the highway. One straight away, he would hit 140, 160 on Route 6. But that's all he talked about. That's what he invested in. That was his treasure, was the cars. I'm not a car guy. I, I wasn't really into it. I had another friend, Scott Fitzgibbons. He was into clothes, fashions. Had to have the latest, the greatest designer labels. I mean, he knew all the fashions, all, and again, I wasn't really into that. If I had Levi's and Nike's concert t-shirt and a flannel shirt, that was my high school uniform. 
In fact, some of my friends even started betting on which concert shirt I was. It going to be Ozzy Osbourne or Black Sabbath or Judas Priest or, you know, uh, Charlie Daniels or whatever concerts I had been to. What shirt was I going to wear? Right? That was my uniform. But he was into the latest fashions. He knew all about Gucci before Gucci was cool and all of these kinds of things. I had another friend, Kenny. His treasure was simply just getting high. He tried to invent ways that he could get away with it. And the way I know that this is where their treasure was is because that's all they talked about. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34 and 35, you brought, he's speaking to the Pharisees. So deal with this first. You brought of, you brood of snakes. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in the heart determines what you say. A good person out of the good things from the treasury of his heart bring, uh, and, And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. As you're speaking, you can tell what people are into. Some people are into tools. Some people are into, you know, fashion again. Some people are into what, you know, what you can tell very quickly what people are into. And I'm not saying that anything, Kenny's issue was evil. Definitely evil. You shouldn't get high. But the other two... You say that's not evil. Cars aren't evil. I like a car. I'm just not into, you know, all the, I like a, a, you know, (laughs) you know, if I could find a Mustang maybe, but you know what I mean? It's like, whatever. It's not something I'm obsessed with. He was obsessed. What are you talking about in your free time? You want to know what someone's treasure is? Just let them talk. They'll get to it. It'd be no time at all. They'll get to it. And again, it's not always evil. Jesus says you're going to have a treasure. He doesn't condemn that. He doesn't say, oh, you're bad. You're evil. You've got treasure. You've got a savings account. You're evil. People. You know, he doesn't say that. He simply says, what has your heart? What has your heart? This is also linked to your money. Money is you in spending form. What are you into? That's where you're going to spend your money. Right? Some people are going to spend it, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a guy, a $12 haircut, I'm good. Ladies, not so much. And the Bible says that's your crown. That's, that's a crowning factor is the long hair and the hair of a woman. Absolutely no issues there. But I'm a guy, so I don't get that. There's things that you might treasure, I don't. Things that I might treasure, you don't. I was talking to a man recently, and I said, my wife, the guy, some of you would know him, Ray Gonzalez, he's the rep from Sweetwater. I've witnessed to him a couple of times. He's actually a backslider from Long Island. I'm praying to get saved. And he actually has family in Buffalo. And I was telling him I was wearing my House of Guitars t-shirt. And he goes, I know it well. <laughs> and so we started talking about that. And I made the comment. I said, I don't bring my wife into music stores anymore. And she doesn't bring me into Joann's and Michael's. It's a really good deal. 
It works for us. Because my treasure would be there, her treasure would be there. She makes quilts and likes that kind of stuff. But it's going to also be linked where you'll spend your money. It's one of the reasons why money is a sensitive subject to some, because they don't have everything they want. They might have everything they need, but they don't have everything they want. Jesus asks where your treasure is. He compares it first with those who store up on earth. Part of the inspiration of this sermon was the fact that I'm actually dealing with a probate process right now. And a man who passed away, my mother's boyfriend, and his store of stuff. And, uh, you know, we, I, we, he's given away guns. He gave me a lot of guns. He gave my son a lot of guns. He gave his daughter a lot of guns. And he still has 55 guns. Why do I know that? Because I had to, my, my son and I went and we, we listed every one of them. There were also things he thought would be worth a lot of money. He had three old Victoria style record players, Vitrollers or whatever they're called. They wind up and you put on the record and it's got the big horn on it. It's like, yeah, these must be, they're old, they must be worth money. That was kind of his thinking. If it's old, it's worth a lot. But the problem is, they're not worth a hundred bucks. He had stuff, I could show you pictures from his garage. Stuff upon stuff. I think five broken weed whackers, three broken lawnmowers, three chainsaws. Man was 87 years old. He wasn't using these. Two ride-on lawnmowers. And a partridge in a pear. No. And so, I mean, just crazy, crazy amount of stuff. Old cameras. He stored up stuff. I have to go through it and figure out the value of it. Thank God for eBay. But the reality of life is this is what we do. Some of it's junk. Some of it has been in their place for so long that may have been worth something at one time, but it is disintegrated. Let me tell you something about Florida. It's hot and it's humid, and that's December. And so things go moldy. Things get disgusting. He's got probably seven old radios. I have no idea if they work. He built, I'm not kidding, he built a 60-foot addition to a garage to store all this stuff. Has to deal with your priorities. But the problem with stuff here. It breaks. Its value doesn't last. It's, you know, you ever get a new coat and it's like you're going to take care of it. It's going to be special. You're not going to rub against a car. You're going to make sure you don't spill anything on it. A couple years later, it becomes your work jacket. 
Convoyers, Georgia, one resident sold his car for $6,500 cash. Devin Sylvie sold his car and took his cash to his house, his mother's house for safekeeping. And he didn't tell his mom where he put the money. He put it in an old Mickey Mouse trembler that they had had for years. He returned a few days later and it was gone. He discovered that his mother had put the mug with a bunch of other stuff and taken it to the Goodwill. He said these words in the article. That mug had literally sat in our cabinet untouched for 15 years. I'm sorry, the mother told Newsweek. Adding, she felt like the worst mom in the world. Goodwill apparently sold the mug without checking the contents. So they did appeal for the money to be brought back to them. But guess what happened? They didn't get it back. Are you shocked? That's what happens when you store up treasure on earth. You'll lose it one way or the other. Luke twenty one, uh, Luke twelve twenty one, is the parable of the man, the rich man. He builds more barns. He stores more things. He says now he's going to retire, and God says to him, "Yes, the person is a fool who stores up earthly wealth, but does not have rich relationship." With God. Solomon prayed in Proverbs 30 and verses 8 and 9. He said, First, help me to never tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. But God, Jesus says here, you can store up treasures in heaven. And I'm not saying that having things and collecting and having all sorts of, you know, uh, you, you like a knick-knack or whatever, uh, you know, that's, that's fine. You want to collect a few guns or whatever. But if that is where your whole treasure is, you've missed the point. Because Jesus says that you should be storing up treasure in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. This is first based on your attitude towards treasure on earth. Again, do you own it or does it own you? Because if it owns you, that will hinder you from the will of God. If Abraham had looked around and said, I've got a lot of gold, silver, livestock, why would I move, Lord? Why would I move? I've got a good thing going here. But he was open to the voice of God. Philippians 4 11 and 12. Not that I have ever, ever uh, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content. I've learned to live with what I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. That requires your attitude. Because what's in the heart comes up 
passions, words. So first and foremost is your treasure in heaven because your attitude is towards heaven. Your citizenship. You know, we're coming up on July 4th, and not only is it a very special day for me personally, because it's my wife's birthday, but it's also something that I've grown to really love because for 14 years, I was out of the country. 14 years of, they would acknowledge it, the American Chamber of Commerce would do, you know, uh, confetti fireworks, they would have a picnic, which was always an interesting thing to go to. You know, I'll just, I'll just, the, one of the memories burned, and my wife is probably hoping I won't share this, but one of the memories burned in ours was about this, I don't know, he had to be 75 years old, and he had this 20-something hanging off his arm who, you know, was obviously paid by the hour. But that's the kind of scene that this was. One year, honestly, a storm blew in and, and everybody started running. It was like a scene from a horror, from a end times movie, an apocalypse movie. It's quite interesting, but it was never the same. One year we got invited to the ambassador's house for it. That was the most boring two hours I had in all of Lithuania. Cause everybody there is, you know, there's ambassadors, German, French, English, the, some of the members of the parliament showed up. It's like, this is not my crowd. I don't know what to do. So we just kind of ate in the corner and left after a while. Are you proud to be a Christian and call heaven your home? Is heaven your home? Charles... Spurgeon said, given the choice between heaven and hell, most people would choose heaven. But given the choice between heaven and earth, most people choose earth. This is why giving becomes so important. Giving is not just to pay the bills. Although, bills need to be paid. Giving is a spiritual act. Leviticus 27, 30 and 31, And all the tithes of the land, whether they are seed of the land or of fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. And if a man wants to redeem any of his tithe, he shall add a fifth to it. What God is saying is if you don't pay your tithe because of whatever reason one week and it should have been $100, when you pay it next week, it should be 120 Because it's a spiritual issue. God says this is not about the church or the bill. It's about your relationship with God and where your treasure is. When you start playing with the tithe, you're not just simply playing... With, oh, I'll, you know, I'll whatever. You are literally offending God. Because it says, I'm not submitting to you, God. When he wrote that, there was only one place you paid your tithe. 
to the temple. That was it. It's a submission issue. It's a heart issue. It's a treasure issue. There are offerings besides that from time to time. There are times we'll take an offering. We've taken offerings for Prescott. We've taken offering, love offerings, whatever. But there's times God will speak to you about an offering. And he'll say, you need to obey me in this. And let God obey, uh, speak to you. That you would know what the right thing to do is. God, very faithful. Very faithful to speak. Because your treasure will follow your heart. And your heart will follow your treasure. Say that again. Your treasure will follow your heart. And your heart will follow your treasure. Your heart will determine what you invest in. And your investment will mean your heart will follow that. When you begin to invest time, energy, or even money into something, you begin to go after it. It's one of the reasons why sports teams sell paraphernalia. They sell their jerseys and their jackets and their numbers. Because they're going after a fan base that if you'll spend money on a jersey or a hat or whatever, you'll tend to become more loyal. You'll be more likely to do it again. So you decide where your heart goes by taking actions. That's what Jesus is saying here. If you're not going to put the action into serving God or obeying him with treasure, then your heart's not there. Matthew six nineteen through 21, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moth and rust where moth will eat them and rust will destroy them, where thieves break through and steal, store your treasure in heaven, where moth and rust cannot destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Storing up treasures... The reality is you can't take it with you, but you can send things ahead. That can be true with money. That can be true with people. 1 Corinthians three eleven through 15. I'm going to paraphrase this, but he says, There's no other foundation that we can set down but that which is already set, which is Jesus Christ. But now in your life, you're going to build on that. You're going to build your Christian life on the foundation of Jesus Christ and you're going to use one of six materials. It's going to be either gold, silver, or jewels, wood, hay, or straw. 
And then when you get to heaven, what's going to happen is they are going to test that with fire. And in, if you understand anything with basic fire rules, gold, silver, and precious jewels don't burn. Wood, hay, and stubble do. Then Paul goes on to say, if your work survives, the builder will receive a reward. So that's telling us that we're sending things ahead. That, that has to do with attitude. That has to do with uh, um, uh, the giving that we do. That has to do with witnessing. That has to do with lots of things. We're sending ahead the materials that are going to determine our own reward. Are you storing up in heaven? Pastor Mitchell used to say, if God can get money through you, he will get money to you. First, Second Corinthians 9-11, yes, you are enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. That when you take your gift to those who are in need, they will thank God. See, God rewards generous souls. Because He looks at that, He says, your treasure's in heaven, I'll bless you here on earth. Solomon's given a request, given a a, a dream by God and says, you can have any request you want, anything you want, anything you want. And he says, I want wisdom. I want wisdom to rule the people. And God said, because you've asked for that, not the life of your enemies, not for long life, not for riches, I'm going to give you all of those and the wisdom besides. When our treasure is in heaven, God will reward us here on earth because he knows it's open-handed. God notes how people give. God keeps perfect records. Remember the widow with two mites? Said she gave more than all the ones who gave out of their abundance because she gave out of her need. A lot of your future is linked to how you're putting up treasure in heaven, both here on earth and in eternity. What is your treasure? This was pre-pandemic, so bear with me. This article says, if you've ever waited in a long line at your local Starbucks, you probably already know, millennials spend a lot of money on coffee. But it turns out many of them are spending more cash on caffeine than investing in their future. According to a report from Acon Money Matters, 41% of the nearly 2,000 millennials that they uh, uh, looked at, uh, individuals born between 1980 and 2000, surveyed, uh, admitted to spending more on their morning brew than they are contributing towards their retirement plan. One millennial from Phoenix, Arizona put it this way, 
I'm not putting money away because I'm not making money. So maybe that shift uh, towards more people in school and longer and going back to school is connected. We live in a moment, uh, we live in the moment, maybe more than others. So this concept of thinking of the future and retirement isn't necessarily a big uh, of a deal as it was in the past. But it's just not coffee with millennials. Uh, uh, it's not just coffee where millennials are making poor financial decisions. The survey says just 5% of millennials, 18 to 23 at the time of this article, were investing in all, uh, at, at all. On the flip side, 39% of them feel anxious about their financial future. According to the average, the, uh, according to the report, the average American spends approximately $1,100 on coffee a year. That's three bucks a day. That's fascinating to me. The mentality, why worry about the future? We're living for the moment. You want to know why Pete Buttigieg could get any kind of momentum with his guaranteed minimum income? It's right there right there because why worry about the future it's not my responsibility but Jesus says it is so the question then is where is your heart where is your heart because that's where your treasure will be and where your treasure is that's where your heart will be let's bow our heads for just a moment you're here this evening maybe you're not right with God maybe your treasure is all in earth the problem with that is it doesn't last it rots away and even if it does last for you your entire life you can't take it with you but the good news is Jesus came to earth shed his blood so that you can be forgiven of your sins You'll simply ask Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life. Maybe you're here this evening. You're not right with God. You're not saved. But you want to know what Jesus can do in your life. I wonder if you'd slip up your hand very quickly and say, Would you pray for me? I need to get my heart right with God. I need Jesus Christ to come into my life. Anyone at all, very quickly, slip up your hand. Put it right back down. Maybe you're backslidden. You're away from God. You want to come back to Jesus. I wonder if you'd slip up your hand. Maybe you got caught up in the glitter and glam of this world and you realize now that your heart's gone from Jesus. Changing the call then to Christians. It's not bad. Jesus isn't saying treasure and having things here on earth is bad. But he is asking the question, where is your treasure? Where is your real desires and worths? Is it heaven? Because I can tell what your desires, where your heart is by the words that come out of your mouth. Where you spend or give your money to. That will reveal your heart. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's all stand. We're going to allow people to talk to God, sing a song, worship Him. Awesome is the sight.
holy, holy, holy. Let's thank God this evening for all that He's doing. Father, we love you. God, we pray.